Welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in to Rock Church's message. We are so excited that you are here today. We hope that you leave today encouraged and know that you are loved by God. God is really, really good. Amen? Do you genuinely believe that? There are many reasons to believe that. And sometimes in life it's like, man, it just doesn't seem like it. Um, we live oftentimes like in a blur. And it's really hard to be focused in on what God is really doing because we're not God. Thankfully, because we live like we are oftentimes, but luckily, there's no luck about it. Thankfully, we are not in control because we would royally screw it all up. Is that you too? Do you agree? <laughs> Pastor Gary and Becky took Josiah to be in Chicago. They have a little fall break in Granville, so all you Granvillers are off tomorrow. Um, so they're in Chicago enjoying a family time away. So continue to pray for our pastor always, just because he's our pastor, right? And we should support him. We should all be the, the errands that help hold up his arms and take care of him. And that's what I'll do. That's what Pastor Nick will do. And that's what you guys as well are going to do, Right? Because what are we if we're not the body of Christ where we help each other out, support each other. So um, it's, it's cool that they get to get away. And, and Chicago is like one of his favorite places to kind of go. He went there on, uh, last time. Uh, he kind of had a little weekend away and just found it to be a, a good relaxing trip, which is fantastic. We're diving into Joseph's life. Last week, Pastor Gary kind of began. He was going through the book of Genesis. And we start basically the whole first part of Genesis is about beginnings and then you get to chapter 37 and the whole rest of the book is about Joseph and so we're getting into his life and there's something about Joseph that you see that he's he's faced so many trials so many hardships in his life but there's something about him that he stayed focused and you can say there's a lot of uh, negative things Along the way, there's a lot of things that we can say are his issues and his problems. And that's part of our problem is we always like to point out the bad stuff. 
But I want to look at the other side of it to realize that, yes, he has flaws, but so do you and so do I. But there's something to be said about Joseph and the fact that he was focused, that he was steadfast, that he stayed even through all the hardship. And so I want to introduce to you Joseph's brothers. Joseph's brothers, the dumb and kind of smart. The dumb, that's the title of my sermon for you this morning. How many of you can relate? You are like, man, I'm educated. I, I, you know, I, I can manage a business or I can, you know, excel in a lot of different things. But there are times I'm just so stupid. Anybody with me? <laughs> that is where the grace of God, of course, comes in. And we all understand this principle, I think, pretty well. But the question is, what do we do when we really screw up? Or what do we do in response to somebody else that has caused such heartache in our own life? And so let's dig into chapter 37 of Genesis. And bear with me as I kind of read through this portion of scripture. Because I think it's valuable to, most of us know it, but it's good just to read through it to understand where we're at. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, come, I'm going to send you to them very well. This, right, that response, first of all, tells a lot about Joseph. I'm willing, I'll do it, whatever you ask. When Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering around the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. They've moved on from here. The man answered, I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal has devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he, tied, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into a cistern here in the wilderness, but let's not lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from his brothers and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe and they took him and threw him into a cistern. The cistern was empty with no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites. They were on their way to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood, his brother's. Agreed. So when the Midian merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern, sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornate robe to their father and said, we found this, examine it to see whether it is your son's. He, re he recognized it and he said, it is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. And then Jacob tore his clothes, put on a sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. He says, no, I will continue to mourn until I, I join my son in the grace. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. So I know that's a, a chunk of scripture and it's a story that you probably know pretty well. Pastor Gary talked about, of course, his dreams. And the effects of his dreams are more what I'm going to focus on today. Because kind of a spoiler alert to his whole story, which most of us should know, 
if you've grown up in the church or you've read this account in Scripture, you know that in Genesis chapter 50, jumping to the end of Joseph's story, it says, You, brothers, intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So we'll probably be preaching that passage again, but I want you to get the whole scope of what's going on. Because set your buns on a really cold piece of wood and smelly on top of it all. But in 1596, John Harrington created the modern flushable toilet. Two foot deep wide oval hole his was. It was all waterproofed and it had a cistern that dropped water from gravity fed up above. But praise God for a toilet, right? We don't think about those kind of things. But when you go to Mexico, where we take our teenagers, you go to certain areas in Mexico, the hotel isn't too bad. But we stayed once in these apartments, and the rule was, in Mexico, you don't flush the toilet paper. Okay? That's gross. That is just disgusting. All right? But because of the plumbing and all that different stuff. So, so we praise God for even the plumbing and the toilets that we have here. And in Vietnam, it's even more weird. I go to the church, and I, it's, it's in a different building, but their weather is always decent. The, the, the toilet's always, like, in a different building, but the toilet also is not like a toilet. It's, like, just basically a hole in the ground. And I don't understand it. The first time I was there and the first time I saw that, I came out and I was walking around the courtyard almost looking at the back of people's, you know, pant legs. Like, how do you do that without a toilet? So... Praise God for people that invented things and dreamed up the idea of a toilet. But there's not just a way of dreaming up. Because you can dream things, you can have a dream, but you can also have a dream in your sleep. And people have come up with ideas, including the sewing machine. Now, the sewing machine wasn't invented by Elias Howe, but he actually perfected it to make it actually work. And it was through a dream. He was struggling to figure out how to make the needle work on a sewing machine. And he is the one that had a dream. He went to sleep and he actually had like a nightmare. So he falls asleep and in his dream, he had been summoned by the king to come up with a design for a working sewing machine. You know how dreams are funky and weird? So he had to come up with this design or he's going to face death. And he couldn't come up with it. He couldn't figure it out. And so he was sentenced to die, being speared to death of all things. So in his dream, of course, he didn't, he didn't wake up. He experience being stabbed to death in his sleep. But what he noticed as they came at him with spears is that the spear had a hole at the tip of the spear. And if you know anything about sewing, I had to actually ask my wife. The sewing machine needle has the the hole at the tip. And he woke up and he came to this realization, this is the answer. And it came to him in a dream. In the same way as a young man, Einstein, dreamed he was sliding down a steep mountainside. He was going so fast that he reached the speed of light. And out of that dream came this most incredible idea of this scientific theory of the speed of light. But it started in a dream. This is the reality. Most of us don't dream enough. We don't dream in our sleep and we don't dream while we're awake. And we wonder why we're not moving forward. And Joseph is a guy that took his dreams and it might have kind of made his brothers a little mad, for sure. But he actually stayed focused on the dream. 
and stayed focused that God had something bigger for him in mind. Even though he was tossed out, even though he was rejected, God had something bigger. I heard a pastor say this week in a message, there's a difference between smartphones and people. And the difference is that cell phones are getting thinner and smarter. <laughs> you, got, you got that? Or do I need to say it again? Because <laughs> because of smartphones that we're actually getting fatter and dumber. You know, it's how do you get to your house? Uh, well, ask Siri, you know, like there's, there's I don't even know the cross streets. I don't. Back in the day, you had to actually know where you were going. Now it's just like, just tell Siri, take me here, take me there. But this is the truth about life. And you know it's about marine life, and it's true about us in the way that God works in us as well. In marine life, if you put a shark, in a, like a baby shark, in a tank, like a decent-sized tank, he's, 